You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Did everybody have a Merry Christmas? Did everybody get what they want? Or are you still upset that your family got you another tie or a pair of bad socks or something else you didn't like? How are you? I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. Yes. We're here. We are ready. Oh, geez. I've got my... Get this. Got my sunglasses oh, yeah. on. You got <sighs> your sunglasses on. All right. And I have my uh, Yellowstone Dutton Ranch uh, T-shirt uh, on. You know, I almost uh, uh, Yellowstone was off on uh, Sunday, being Christmas Day. They didn't yeah. do, uh, you know, and there were a lot of people on Twitter who were after a busy Christmas Day when it came to Christmas night. You know, they were going. Where's Yellowstone? I know. And that that's the thing. It's weird. It's not like they do it live. What just play it. You know? Well or is there some I, other Christmas special on or something? Uh well on uh, it is it does each episode oh. does air live on Paramount. Paramount, Network. that's right. Yes. But I'm saying they don't it airs live, but I'm saying the actors aren't doing it live. It's pre recorded, so why wouldn't you just show it on Christmas Day anyway? Well, I guess they just decided that it's Christmas Day. You know, and this is, maybe they had a Christmas so movie on or This is what's interesting. There there was uh so this is the first time in 11 years that Christmas fell on a Sunday. And normally it's interesting cuz of leap years the pattern I believe is is 5 and 6 year patterns. Like it's a it's a discernible pattern. I don't know. But but every once in a great while it's an 11 year gap between Christmas falling on a Sunday. And the reason it's relevant is in the church world, you know, you have uh, people who go to church on Christmas and Easter, that's the normal, they're, mm-hmm. they're like, we're going to go to church. Well, it was interesting because Christmas Day being on Christmas, there was a whole lot of talk of canceling services, which I know. And this is, I'm glad you responded the way you did. <laughs> if you're not watching the video, what? Randy looked at me like I had worms coming out my ears. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, here's... Like- what? Here's why I think is that's what I did. Just so you know, I I also did the same thing. But I I found it interesting because now none of the churches I work with uh, canceled on Christmas Day. Some churches that I'm aware of just did a virtual service because it was all about well you're going to be getting up Christmas morning, spending time with family, travel, whatever the the reason is. And I thought, dude, this is like this is like the the year of jubilee for for going to church on Christmas. It's on Sunday. Well, I. I- it's That's not just nuts. Christmas time, you know. I, uh, you know, I, I mean, back in the day, um, you know, if you had your, like where I grew up, you know, t- the way it is now, I mean, most places they don't just do one service on sunday well that's true you know there are a lot of places do it different you know and they do like (laughs) technically different times technically most places do just do one service because most churches in our they don't do like a 9 a.m service and an 11 a.m service or something like that the ones that you know of that you know of do but you have to understand that 93 percent of the churches in oklahoma are under 100 people okay so most 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 would probably do i mean like i grew up in a small town right and our church service was at 11 a.m yeah and it was supposed to end at noon unless (laughs) the cowboys had the second game and then it would and then it could go uh, a little uh longer but if the cowboys had the noon game but didn't you guys have to beat the pentecostals to the restaurant was that the joke yeah that was the methodist (laughs) primarily (laughs) that's what it is but so pentecostals say we got to beat the baptist yeah it's a whole big thing but anyway my point is yeah at 11 a.m you know you I mean, when I was a kid, I, you know, we were up as soon as the sun was up, ready well, sure. to get the Christmas gifts open and all like that. Right. By 11, you're, you're done. Yes. I know. Exactly. You're I know. done. I know. And that's the thing I think is so silly about all of it. But, you know, I, here, here was the weird part, though. Here's the weird part. So as a as a, the music guy at a church, I've always hated doing Christmas songs because for for the bulk of the year. You Grinch or something? What? Yeah, we can go with that. We can go with like, like specifically. Here's the deal: as a worship leader, what what we're talking about here is worshiping God. Okay, and so I spend the majority of the year helping people, uh, you know, see what authentic worship actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's not singing; 
that's just uh, that's just kind of what we do. But the real worship is, you know, Jesus said uh, to the woman at the well, he said, God is ser- searching for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So it had nothing to do with singing. It's spirit and truth. It's honesty. It's transparency. So so herein lies the problem. We spend all year doing that, and then come Christmas time, I'm doing Christmas songs. And now we go from worship to Hey, let's sing these Christmas carols together. So well, I have now, to just adjust in my brain <clears throat> how people, and I'm not saying people can't worship out of Christmas songs. That's my hope. Well, I mean, some Christmas, I mean, you know, you don't have to play Jingle Bell Rock, but, you know. Maybe you that do, was my problem. Maybe you could do, like, <laughs> Oh mean, Holy we, Night. No, we did Last Christmas by Wham, or George Michael. <laughs> we did, I'm just kidding. No, we did Oh Holy Night. We we did we did uh, oh come all you faithful yeah oh come let us adore him is that the same song okay. oh that may be the yeah, same anyway. uh, yeah um we did uh, God rest ye merry yeah, gentlemen yeah. no we didn't no do that song. Uh, well anyway, anyway we there did, are we did good Christian yeah work, yeah you know, there songs. are there are those and then there's Rudolph and Jingle Bell right. Rock and all, you know all rocking that around time. the Christmas rocking tree. around the Christmas sure yeah and so we did the right here's the thing I'm I'm picky I get it. Um, but here's my other thing. So churches typically do, um, not churches typically do, that's probably not fair. A lot of churches put on, you know, special things for Christmas. <laughs> sure. Right? Pageants, you plays, bet. whatever. Yes. We did in my little yes. country church down in Warica. And, and honestly, the country church in Warica, I'd actually probably be for it. And I'll tell you why. Um, but, but I've always been against doing those things. And what I mean by that is, I think if you're going to do a service at Easter or Christmas, any kind of holiday where you're going to have more people, you should represent what you do all the time. That makes more sense to me. And so having a Christmas play or something, I've always thought off days are good. Also off times also because of family members, you got a bunch of, you know, especially when you have a kid in a Christmas play and you got a bunch of family members that want to watch it. They have to decide whether they're going to go to their church or that, but if you well, do we, a four o'clock in the afternoon right, Christmas pageant, right? And yeah. and we didn't do usually. Well, like you said, they only come around once every eleven years or whatever. But <laughs> right. it would be like on a Friday night, maybe or a sure, or yeah. maybe it'd be a week before Christmas. You know, maybe right. it would be the Friday or Saturday night standard deal before Christmas, and you yeah. could have maybe or some relatives are already in town. Right. Like, hey, let's go watch the right. Christmas play, and Tuesday morning we'll open whatever. Yeah, well. Well, in any case, the reason that I'm for it in a small town is because in a small town, people are, I mean, they already know what you're about, right? I mean, if you're, if you're in Eureka, there's, there's, you know, seven churches in Eureka and Eureka, (laughs) Warica, and, and I'm just throwing out random numbers. I'm just going to go with seven churches. And of those seven, you know, probably two or three are really the main places people go. And so at that point, you're like, I mean, Hey, do a Christmas play. Who cares? It's not like you're. You're trying to sell yourself or trying to represent something. But in the metro of Oklahoma City, way more people don't go to church than do. And I only know that because all the churches in Oklahoma City couldn't hold all the people in Oklahoma City, like not even close. So um, so I just think, you know, it's a, it's a different thing. And let me just say, there's a huge part of me. I mean, a huge part. Like right now with what we're doing with Redux Church and, and some of that stuff, man, I would love to be just... <clears throat> I'd love to be in a small town, like small, like, like Hera or McLeod or something like that. There's a part of me that would really like that. Um, I don't know. Cause I like intimacy. I like closeness. I like sure. having good relationships. I guess the downside to being in a small town is if someone doesn't like you, everybody doesn't like you. I mean, there's, well, that's certainly a possibility. Everybody, usually everybody also knows your business. Yeah. That's an interesting and, thing to all, me You too. know, all that kind How of How does stuff. that work? How does that work? Is it literally just because everybody just kind of knows everybody? Yeah, pretty much. Everybody knows everybody. Because I, yeah. I have a buddy who grew up in Hera, and he talked about that. And that, to me, Hera's, I mean, it, what is it, 6,000 people probably? I mean, I don't know the population, but to me, that's still just a lot of people to have that kind of, <clears throat> you know, everybody knows yeah, your business. Yeah, well, you know, I grew up in a town of roughly 2,000. Yeah, that still and, seems like uh, a lot of people. Yeah, but it, you know, it's... It's also, you know, because you're you're in school and, you know, you mm. basically know most everybody you're connected. in school. Yeah, you're connected to everybody and because of that, And then you're in church and you basically know everybody in your church, but because you also go to school with 
kids who go to other churches, you yeah. know a lot of them also. Makes sense. And then, you know, just how it is, you know, rumors get going. Well, you know, where I saw Mr. So-and-so the other right. day, he was, you know. Yeah. And everybody then knows you, your car. Everybody, like right, that. right. Interesting. You know, they know your car. They know, uh, you know, a lot of things probably they shouldn't know. And, um, but I don't know, man. It's There's also, kind of appealing. It's also a small town because everybody knows everything. A lot of people, they watch out for each other. Right. You know, when, when it's you're. Family. They, yes. And when they mm. see a car at somebody's house that's a car that's not supposed to be there, well, right. you know, they're going to call and I say, I saw hey. Jack's car over at Suzanne's house. Well, or not not even that. You know, they saw a strange car, a, a strange car they've car, never yeah. seen at so-and-so's it's house. It's like, almost like living in a cul-de-sac so, well, or, yeah, or a right. dead-end street. You're or like, dead, hey, what right. are you doing down here? Right, right. Yeah. You know, and your neighbors are looking out for each other. That's good. And lots of times, you know, people say, hey, you know, we're going out of town for a week, so... Yeah. Keep an eye on the house. I do that with you know, Ed there's, all there's the time. Not supposed to be anybody right. over there. So if you see a car over there or you see something, yeah, you know, call Stan down there to cop shop and let him go out there and check it. That's why. See, that's the thing. That's why. Like I said, I do that with Ed when I'm out of town. I let him know, and he, Ed's awesome. He'll come over and take care of the dogs and do whatever I need him to yeah. do. But, but it's you know, and he's going to shoot an intruder, and that's what I want. <laughs> well, is he gonna I clean mean, up? Is he gonna clean up the mess? You know, I think he would actually. He would. Well, okay. I mean, I you know, if he Ed didn't, I'd be okay with that too. Kind of that kind of guy. Yeah, I feel like that. he'd be like, well, yes. You know, uh, one day when we were in Florida last year, he was taking care of the dogs. Uh, last the last little leg of our trip, and um, you know, we got the security cameras around the house, and it's funny because he. He he was really good to him. He'd let him in for a second, do different things with him that he knew that I did. But one of my security cameras um, triggered, and I don't know how it triggered, but I heard him playing on the piano a little bit. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then I didn't say oh, anything to him because I didn't really care. But he told me when I got back, he was like, "Yeah, I played a little bit on your piano." And I'm like, "No, I heard that." Anyway, it's kind of that funny. is really, yeah, really funny. I don't know. Anyway, so the Christmas thing, uh, you know, it, uh, maybe I am a little bit of a bah humbug, but it, it just goes back to I, I think you know I'm a guy that really appreciates authenticity, and there's a lot of fakeness at Christmas time, and it kind of grates on my nerves. And I think I think that's what it is. I I don't know, but um, but you know I. I I don't know. You may, you might, you might relate to this, but and Lori and I talk about this sometimes. If we could just take a group of people with us to a place and say, "This is it. <laughs> this is who we're going to interact with for the rest of our lives," we would do that. <laughs> we would, we would do that. I, I mean, you know, there's just such great well, joy in relationship <clears throat> and friendship. And I know it goes without saying you're on that list. If, if we had a list, you're well, on you'd list. be on mine too. Well, so. and I, I, and I, I think a lot of people probably would like to do that. If that opportunity were to present itself. Yeah. They wouldn't actually, uh, the people that would go on my list probably wouldn't enjoy it because we would, Lori and I would, but you know, I think most people's list probably ends with maybe four to six people. Mm -hmm. My list has about 35 people and not all those 35, you know, would love to hang out with the rest of the 35. Well, yeah, yeah. I, uh, but I think, you know, now it's, it's just real easy to lose, uh, what Christmas is supposed to truly be about. Yes. Because it's so commercialized and all, all like this. Not that it wasn't when I was a kid. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, I couldn't wait to oh, yeah. open the presents and get at my electric uh, NFL football game or, you know, something or other like that. Right. And it is still a, a big part of that, you know, gathering people around the Christmas tree, the family and a, Nice meal and all like this, but you know what? When uh, we did our uh, thing, it was just nice to have the family all, yeah. you know, together again because you know my son and his uh, wife live in Colorado, and so they were able to come down. And my daughter spends most of her time in <clears throat> Norman, and uh, she was able to you know come up to uh, Edmond and all like this, and we got together. And Grandma came up from. 
McAllister. And um, so the whole family, nice. you That's... know, was together. And we had great a great time. And obviously it was fun, you know, opening the gifts under right. the Christmas tree and all that kind of stuff. But it was fun just being together and telling stories about the old days. And we sat around, we played a couple of card games and some nice. dominoes, yeah, some see, games, and telling stories, you know, about when, you know, he or she was little and all that kind of stuff. I, and just know, having fun. And the grandpup was there. Right. Very grandpup. well, very well behaved. My the, son and his wife have done a good job raising the uh It's a, the it's a trial run. Trial run for an it is. It is. A, yes. And boy, human. I'll tell you what. You know, Coop is, he is very well behaved. And you know what? That's good. It was really, really funny because Cooper, their dog, is a Brittany Spaniel. Yeah. And uh, that dog breed, among many others, it's in their DNA to be a bird dog. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, you know, my son and his wife don't take, you know, they don't go bird hunting. They don't take the dog out. I mean, he's a family pet, just right. like, you know. But we, they let Cooper out into the backyard. And he, you know, to do his business. And he goes out. Of course, you know, he's kind of exploring and it was so funny. He would go out there, and then all of a sudden, he would see, yeah, bird. The and enemy. he would he would just he would just instantly stop. Right. He would raise the arm and just look. I'm gonna get that bird. And he was almost like he's saying to my son Jordan, he's going, <laughs> "Dad, bird, yeah, exactly. bird, where's your gun, bird? Right. Bird, I see it. Why haven't you shot it? Right, yet? exactly. And then after a couple seconds." He would, you know, go back to his stuff and he'd be, you know, looking around and all of a sudden, you know, a little bit later, he'd just go. Yeah. Bird, bird. <laughs> so funny. It's fun. So funny. And, uh, but he's, a, but that's the I, thing, you know, a great, great dog be, being with your family like that, you know, and it, it's interesting for me, this was a weird thing. I'm not typically a sleeper. Uh, during the day, you know, things like that. But we had, uh, on Christmas Day, we, we went and did our church service, and then we went straight over to, to Lori's mom and dad's house, and, and the extended family were there. There weren't a ton of people. Um, uh, but we we sat down, and we had, actually, we had barbecued smoked turkey, which was fantastic. Uh, typically, for Christmas Day, we typically do that. We order in from a place. We pre-order it, you know. Anyway, right, right. so it was good. Um, and then, you know, Man, there was some tremendous brisket. It was a little fatty, but it was butcher shop biscuit. Br biscuit. Brisket. Um, I think it was. I don't know. It was brought up from Ada, so I feel like it was good. Sure. Yeah. Right. Anyway, point is, is I found myself just conked out, man. I mean, I just kind of rolled over and went to sleep, and I missed a good hour and a half of whatever we time we were there, and, <laughs> and I felt like I wasn't asleep. You know what I mean? But then I looked at the clock, and I'm like, I'm, I slept for an hour. And so there was something peaceful about that. And just knowing, and we, right. we left earlier than really I wanted to. Um, but Lori, she does like to sleep and didn't get to. So for her, it was like, until I go home, I don't get to sleep. And it's Christmas day. She's like, I want to get my nap. Like that's Merry Christmas. You know, I don't know. We also, we bought, uh, this'll be interesting. Cause we bought something, uh, for Jacob that, uh, now he, he's paying for, about half of it with Christmas money, but we bought him a VR uh, headset. Headset, really? Yeah. Now, it won't get here for another couple of days. It was supposed to be here, by the way. Amazon, you suck. It was supposed to. I, I bought it on the eleventh of December. It was supposed wow. to arrive by the twenty second or twenty third of December. You know, it's interesting you should talk about that because Good. because right here. On my digital stack of stuff. Yes. Metaverse off to ominous start. VR headset sales shrink. Really? That's what it says right there. Well, that's what we bought was the Meta, the Quest, Meta Quest 2. Okay. Um, All right. And... Uh, you know, uh, I, here I, now you've tried, you've done a a, a headset. I have thing, done. Right? I have done. I don't know if I'd call it first gen, but not the MetaQuest Two. I did use a a headset at a friend's house for half a minute, and it was incredibly immersive. So I'm 
I'm really looking forward to messing around with Jake's deal. But he had been asking for it for a while. And, you know, we're not like games are pretty restricted for him. Or we mm-hmm. maybe that's not the case. We want them to be more restricted than they are. Um, like we're, we're careful with it, I guess is the right way of putting it. Sure. So, so I was a hard decision for me, but at the same time, I, I also wanted to experience it. I wanted to see what it was like. And Lori didn't get to mess with it at all. So, but I, once we get it, I mean, I want, you, I want to get your take on it because it's very I've never, I, I've never had one on. Well, you know, and you might already know this, but, uh, you can log in and, and do some stuff on ESPN with them. And it's a virtual seat at a game. So they just sit you at a game and you can turn your head and watch a game like you're in the stands. And there's little things like that wow. that you can do. That movies, they'll put you in a movie theater and you can watch them. Which to me, I'm like, what? I don't I don't need a virtual reality watch a movie. Let me just watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like I said, it is immersive. And apparently this, this it's not the latest generation. They have a new one out that's called the Pros maybe. I don't know. But they're like a grand and and here's something we did. So we're not really helping Meta's uh, bottom line probably because we bought the Amazon Renewed version um, and uh, saved about a hundred bucks overall. And uh, yeah, so we bought used. But okay. I like well, that. I'm I'm really interested to uh, hear. But I you know I'll the, let you try the, it, the man. few people that I've talked to that have done it uh you know say basically the same thing you said that it's really immersive that you it's pretty easy to kind of lose your right right i had a friend um he's he's a guy that works for me and and plays music with me and stuff anyway he um he was telling me about he got one uh a vr headset given to him and it's a computer-based one it's wired up i guess but he said man he played like uh, his wife i guess she got on it and <laughs> she was she was walking downstairs in the game that she was playing and she started to fall he had to catch her because you're just your mo- your body's just tricked into thinking that you're really you're doing something yeah 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 and i i that's yeah. just really interesting the game that i played it was incredibly like super like centri- like you didn't walk around much you just kind of turned um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens if we get into more immersive stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. But back to the kind of the Christmas thing and the family thing and, and church stuff, all this, I, I think that ultimately what gets on my nerves is a lack of authenticity. Um, really, I, I treasure relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I treasure them and, um, gosh, I just feel like so much of what, happens at Christmas time is supposed to be about remembering the price that God paid for us by sending his son. It's like remembering that and being thankful for the relationships that we have, starting with him and spreading out beyond. And, and we just don't land there. You know, of course we talked about it last week, but um, maybe, maybe the meta headset, the virtual reality headset will help bring it together. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, I tend to doubt it, but maybe so, you just never know. <laughs> so, you so see, you remember the Oklahoma UFOs book that I got? Right? Yes. All yes. Right, so I need to update you, please. Okay. <laughs> this is so stupid. All right. So, so Gabe tells me about getting this library card so that I can get free books. Right. Uh-huh, the whole bit. right, right. Well, it's just completely backfired because. I I borrowed this book and I found myself thinking I'm not going to finish this book by the time I have to return it. So I went and bought the book. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I bought the UFO book and and so so I was like, okay, so I bought it on Kindle so I can finish it. It's like 7 bucks, 8 bucks anyway. And then <laughs> and then I I turned around and and there was an audiobook called uh I don't know UFO contact I don't know I'm I'm obviously in that vein right now of UFO stuff. So I bought the or I uh borrowed the audiobook and I did find out how you can borrow so remind me if you do this cuz there's a way you can set it up to get it for 14 days and not 7 days. Anyway, so I borrowed the audiobook of like UFO contact or something like that and I found myself thinking, "Oh man, you know, Gabe was telling me how he would follow along and read a book that was oh, an audio book. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I went and bought the digital copy on Kindle of the book so I could follow along with it. And uh, I don't know if it's helpful or not because I'm in chapter three of that particular book. And uh, I don't really remember anything that I've read so far. 
<laughs> so I don't really know if it's doing a good. Maybe it'll come back to me once we fire it oh, wow. off. But, um, but the Zachariah or not Zachariah Sitchin, uh, the um, uh, Eric von Daniken book, Chariot of the Gods. I did finish that. It was good. Um, and uh, and the the Oklahoma UFO book. I I have I gotten I've gotten more into it, but it's uh, it's really not playing out the way I wanted it to play out. And maybe it's because. I haven't still haven't gotten to the depth of it, but essentially it's almost like, all right, here's what happened. It, it's literally uh, almost like uh, it's almost like a reading a spreadsheet in, in paragraph form. Cause it's, oh, really? Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, here's the case that happened in this date. Here's the facts we know. And then moves on to the next case and moves on oh. to the next case. So it doesn't so really it's not really it. telling any stories about... Uh, so far, it's not. And I can't imagine that it stays this pattern because I feel like we're going to get to the end before the book ends. So hopefully we do get into more depth. But my guess is um, it is more... Man, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's going to possibly end this way because um, the way it's playing out. And I'm like, well, the author probably... I mean, it is a a culmination of Oklahoma based stories. Um, and some of them have length because of the reports that were filed. So they do have some length to them. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm on the early ones and, and that's just what the early ones are showing. Cause like some of them are like a paragraph long. Here's the, here's the story. Whoa. And then others are like four pages long. So, okay. But I don't know. I'll, like I said, I'll keep you updated. And, uh, I will return uh, sometime next week. I'll return my paperback version of it because uh, I do. Okay. I was kind of hoping it would be a little more in uh, story form yeah. and maybe some interviews with yeah, me too. people who were involved <laughs> in it, you know. And, and maybe the later ones are. You know, for all I know, the author went and found some of these people that were, you know, because the f sightings in the early 50s might be yeah, hard to do. Right, right sure. But, yeah. you know, the yeah. 70s ones, maybe we could pull that off. Well, hopefully that uh, is because I, I obviously, you know, I find that it's fascinating, isn't it? Fa yes, fascinating mm -hmm. is exactly what I was, exactly what I was thinking. I felt it and, in my bones, uh, and you know, it, it's something that I absolutely believe, and you know this because we've talked about it, that uh, there's life in other parts of the universe. Yeah, because why not? And, you know, my theory being, and, and it's interesting, growing up, as I did in a Southern Baptist church in Southern Oklahoma, if you believed that there was life somewhere else, you were basically going to hell. Well, sure. Because that's, you know, it's supposed to, we are supposed to be the only ones. And, of course, yeah. you I've told you what my theory on this is, that if I was God right. and could do whatever I wanted to do, why would I create something that's only... This, one I know. one place. There's only one time. I would want to do it here, there, everywhere, and then sit back, have a really good scotch, and just watch <laughs> things right. unfold. Did I ever read you that scripture that Jesus was talking in John 10 where he talks about having sheep that you know not of? No. All right, I'm going to find it because... Okay, that sounds like here yeah. we go. Well, and I've, this is a rabbit hole we're going to go down. I feel like it's going to take the whole show because this, okay. all of this UFO reading, hey, and the it's book scatter reading shooting stuff, for a reason. Um, oh goodness, where is it? Uh, I told you you believe in the Father, but you believe not because you're <laughs> crap. It's going to be hard to find for me to find it, but I will okay. tell you. Well, you can probably I don't want to do it over a, here. A little of but it. basically, basically in John chapter ten. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's giving this parable about um, my sheep. This is the crux of it. My sheep know my voice. But at some point he says, I have sheep you know not of. And and there are plenty of people out there who speculated that this talks mm -hmm. about other worlds. Now, right. now, the more common belief system is that he's talking about the Gentiles because in this moment he's talking about you know, he's not been crucified yet, but it doesn't matter. It's interesting. But here's what I want to talk about along these lines. Okay. Two things down the rabbit hole. The The first one is um, Planet X or Nibiru 
Um, and then the star, uh, what was it called? Uh, doesn't matter. Ne- Nemesis or something. Anyway, the, the, there's something that, uh, you hear about tinfoil hat people talk about, you know, this, this extra planet <laughs> and, and really it's an extra planetary system, but here's what I find interesting about it. And this was going to get me into the back down the rabbit hole of, of the Bible stuff is that, um, there, there was a the government officials, Okay, and specifically, I'm speaking of in, uh, I believe it was the 50s somewhere, the chief observatory guy for the Naval Observatory uh, had a whole paper on this other planet and this other star system. Mm -hmm. So a couple things to keep in mind. 80% of all star systems in the known universe, what we've observed, 80% of them, more than 80, it's like 83 or something, but in the 80s... um, Ha- they're binary star systems. So a non-binary star system is the exception, not the rule. Um, because of this current scenario, a binary system is going to cause gravitational weirdness, right? right? And it's going to, the revolution around those stars, if you think of it like this, the the furthest planet from our sun takes, I believe, uh, would be Neptune, I I don't or, know. Well, I guess it, it depends, depends on how you how you, how look you at view. It. I mean, you Pluto know, could Pluto, have been, yeah. right? Yeah, and now they say Pluto's they're not taking really Pluto a off the board, they, and now they're right. thinking about bringing it back. But the furthest away, I mean, is going to take a Takes really forever. long right. time. I, I want to say and it's on the Mercury, order of yeah. the closest doesn't take nearly as long. Right, right. Uh, so let me just look. How long is Neptune's orbit? We'll just find this out real quick because you know we have the internet. Uh, 165 years. Okay, so it takes 165 years for Neptune to go around the sun. And it's in the solar system with a with a binary star system. Way, way out there. The other thing is this binary, um, the, 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 the paper that was written by this guy, and it, not just one guy, but this is who I'm focusing on. Right, yeah. His, his paper um, said that this is an, an orbit that is at uh, an angle. So, like, we're kind of flat, if you will. Well, this isn't an angle, like, we'll say a 30-degree angle. And so it's more like a comet, because that's how comets right. revolve because around Because in suns. our, like you said, in our star system, you have the sun, and then the other planet's o- orbit is yeah. pretty on that same plane. Right. And now, this each is- individual planet, like the Earth, are, you know, at angles, like our axis is yes our axis but they still revolve they still revolve on a a basically flat plane around the sun which is interesting about the flat earth anyway okay so (laughs) we'll ignore that for now but my point is talking about a rabbit hole exactly so this so this whole thing they it talks about a cycle of three thousand roughly three thousand six hundred years okay that's how long it takes for this to and and again neptune the furthest out in our solar system is 165 years so this is way out there. So you go back and you look in history 3,600 years ago, and it depends on how you're counting because you can kind of go, it's like 3,500 3, and something if you're doing lunar years or whatever. So, uh, oh, my subs just got here. <laughs> Exciting. Um, so so uh, I can't, even, I can't not, even focus now. now a lot of, well, a lot of people are probably <laughs> thinking you just got to – you just got a delivery for lunch. No, wrong subs. Wrong <laughs> subs. Um, it's a speaker, part of a speaker system. Yes, it is. Anyway, so, so you see how this rotation. I guess, right? Subwoofers, yes, that's right. Yes. Um, and so what happens is we are coming up on this rotation. If you go back, like I was going to say, if you look back at history 3,600 years ago, there's some things scripturally that's interesting too. And I'm going to get to this part because this is where it all ties together in a weird way, um, where it talks about some constellations in the sky that that doesn't fit any of the known constellations. We got 40 known constellations, and there's one that talks about a dragon. Now, here's where it gets nuts. So in the 1800s, I believe around 1850, um, there were uh, the Bible was changed, okay, so the King James Version of the Bible that was, uh, I don't remember when it was originated. Let's, let's just say 1200. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Whenever uh, whenever well, James was king. Uh, when I, This is why we love the internet, internet, right? Let's just get the numbers right. 
When was the KJV Bible written? All right. The answer is 1611. All right. So I was a little off. So in 1611, the King James Bible came into being and, and it was translated from other things, but there was, there was some books called the Apocrypha. It's how we now know it. Now, in 1850 something or other, and that one I'm not going to look up because it doesn't matter. It is 1850-ish. Um, they uh, there was a group of guys that removed several books from this Bible, and more importantly, they removed portions of books. Now think of it in today's terms, right? If I just came in and me and like 30, forget me, just 30 Bible guys. Came in to, and redacted a whole bunch yes, of stuff. Yes, they said we're going to take out Joel, Amos, and Malachi. Yeah. And and they didn't. They just basically said, you know, cause kind of like kind of like really what the government did with a lot of the UFO stuff. Mm. The, the, exactly. The people will not be able to understand this, so we need to get rid yes. of this page. Yes. This page. Now here's the curious part. I understand taking whole books out. I don't agree with it, but I understand potentially. Let's say it this way. There's, it's far more defensible than the other reality, which is taking out whole sections. So the book of Daniel, which talks a lot about end time, um, at the end of the book of Daniel, it, it does kind of end. I believe there's 13 chapters in the book of Daniel. but in 13, the, and it's talking about end times. Oh yeah, crazy, right? Mm. But here's, here's what's crazier. So in the Apocrypha, it includes the last part of Daniel. It's, it's stated, the rest of the book of Daniel. They just took out part of the book of Daniel. Now, if you go find an older Bible, then all of these things are in that Bible, okay? So if you find a Bible that was printed before 1850-something or other, you'll find this. But the rest of the book of Daniel goes on to tell another story, um, which can, talks about a so dragon. So changed the ending? Well, they omitted the ending. They didn't change okay. it. They just okay. took it out. Oh, you're te- oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, when, so the, when yeah, you, they didn't change it. They they the, stopped at thirteen. We, okay, but then what you're about to say is what's in what the they rest of it took out. Yeah, because the apocrypha goes on and it opens with on the rest of the book of Daniel. It opens with and King blah 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 blah. So it literally has okay. All this happened and and it tells another story. That other story talks a little bit about dragons and and the star constellation thing that is covered in other books but isn't fully there. Also, the book of Enoch, which is very long, it does an amazing job. And and again, I I don't know what they did with this, right? But the book of Enoch has been available for years to 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 get a hold of and read. I mean, all these have, obviously. But that one's been prominent because the Ethiopian Bible took out all the other stuff but left the book of Enoch, which is kind of also interesting. Hmm. Um, But here's what I love about the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch grows into incredible detail about the pre-flood story. And and at the end of it, I haven't read all of it, so I don't know that it's the rest of it. But like, and when I say credible detail, leading up to what is called the book of Noah, which happens at chapter 60 of the book of Enoch. So you've got all these chapters in Enoch, and what it does is it talks about um, the the sons of God who came and married the daughters of men and created the Nephilim. It names them, well, not all of them, of course, but it's the chiefs. It said there were 200. It gets really specific and, and talks all about what, what uh, in fact, one of them was Azazel, and he taught men, mankind, uh, things that were the secrets of the heavens. Now, now this is talked about in uh, Chariots of the Gods, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this is in now, now, this is the thing. It's really important for people who are listening to understand is that I am talking about things that were in the Bible until 1850, and had been in the Bible up until like basically from the beginning of its creation. <clears throat> now, in the in the, the 300s. Shortly after, or excuse me, the uh, 600s, uh, shortly after the Bible was written, shortly meaning 300 years later that it was accumulated, there was a removal of several other books, like 30 or 40 books that somebody took out. Now, again, this is interesting to me, and I haven't gotten into those yet, but if if you look at it, there's 54 apocryphal books. Um, the ones that were taken out in 1850 amount to about, depends on the way you order it. Some will say 21, some will say seven, but it's all because 
Do you break it down or not? Well, I, I wonder, <clears throat> these books that were taken out, uh, were was this done on the order of uh, whoever the Pope was at that time? Or Well, not... I mean, there had to be... Yeah. Somebody pulling the strings here. There was, and and uh, the one in in the 1850s, it was definitely not the Pope because, um, and I don't know, I haven't looked into this yet to know for sure, but the the Catholic Bible is different, and the Catholic Bible may include all the apocrypha in it. Um, but here here's all that we have to know, right? Here's all we have to process. Why? Why would we ever take things out of a scripture that we consider to be holy, right? It would take a lot of arrogance from a man to, to say, to even pro- propose it. I mean, maybe it wasn't one guy. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't one guy, but if somebody had to go and say, hey, uh, this doesn't look right. This doesn't feel right. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. You have to ask why. Well, I would argue the why is it didn't quite line up with their paradigm. Yes, right, exactly. They wanted it to say what they wanted yes, it to say. Yes. That is exactly that is exactly right. And I exactly think exactly right. I think that fundamentally I think that's a massive problem. I totally agree. So and it goes more along the lines of what I think mm-hmm. you know might have actually really happened. Right. Because the story that you the stories that I was taught when I was a kid, right. even when I was a kid, you know, I'm going, really? Right. Uh, no. No way that happened. Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, and, and you would try to ask somebody about it, and, and mostly it was just with... Uh, don't question the word of God or whatever. And, and that God right is there, all powerful and right. he does, you know, and I'm thinking, see, this, this is no way. It doesn't make any sense. And, and here's where I think we've really, we've really lost it. You see, to, to call the Bible, the word of God has only been happening for about 120 years at the most. It, it, it was not the commonplace. It was simply referred to as the Bible was the collection of canonized scripture. That's what it was. Canonized being Everyone here has come to agree that these are good and helpful and useful, mm-hmm. good passages. Calling it the word of God was a big problem because in John chapter one, it starts off with, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and came and dwelt with man. Well, if, if you have been teaching in Sunday school, very matter of factly that the Bible is the word of God and then you read that scripture, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about the Bible? Well, no, we're actually talking about Jesus. But we've made those things synonymous, even though that's not been the case. It's like the teaching of the rapture. You're very familiar with the teaching of the rapture, right? First time it was ever taught in recorded history is 1850. Hmm. The rapture is 18... Make sure I said that right. 1830s. Sorry, the 1830s. That is a very commonplace teaching today, but for nearly 2,000 years it was not taught. Now, why is that? Could it possibly be that there are things in the Apocrypha that alters the way that we see things? Right. More importantly, or more relevantly, I should say, some of the things that were in Scripture uh, in, the, in the Apocrypha, including the book of Maccabees, for example, First and Second Maccabees, which I believe is where the teaching of purgatory has come from with the Catholics. Mm. And so where would we be? So, so if you have to, you know, you process this, why did this change? Well, Protestants changed from the Catholic version of the Bible to the other, the current King James version of the Bible that we now read. The Protestants made those changes. Why would the Protestants make those changes? Because they disagreed with the end result of the Catholic Church. And fair enough, the Catholic Church has shown itself over the years to undeniably have moments of corruption. I mean, that's undeniable. Right. All right. Absolutely undeniable. Right. I mean, all you have to do is watch all those old things on Netflix, like, uh, you know, all the movies about all this. I'm partially joking, but it's all in history of, of, of that. And the people like, you know, the various kings slash queens of England you know, they 
with the, the led the Church of England. Right, the Anglican Church. And they wanted that things, you know, if you didn't believe fall in line with how they believed, well, you know, right. generally you found yourself dead. Right. And you know the and the various sure, the Catholics the, as well. The, yes, the various popes. Mm -hmm. You know, were several of them were corrupt, and it was the same thing. You know, if you don't if you don't fall in line with what our story is, yeah, you know, you're burning at the stake, or right. you know, whatever, or being crucified. And, and this, I think, has been my plight over the years because I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and I said, you know, I'm like a dog with a bone on this deal, and I don't want to be. I really don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to sit here and challenge everybody's paradigm for their all. It's. It's not about challenging everybody else's paradigm. It's. It's my own. It's how do I have? Uh, how how does anyone? How does anyone have confidence in pick a pick a translate? Grab the Passion translations, a new translation of the Bible, relatively. How do you sit there and have confidence in reading that scripture and you say, "Oh yeah, this is God's word"? Like what a leap! What a leap. Right. Because one, you've removed in that scripture, you've removed so much of what was originally compiled, um, including, and here's probably the real kicker. Oh my gosh, the real kicker is that if you're looking at it going, well, there's subjectivity to the New Testament. I probably would agree with you. The funny thing is the, and I'll have to double check this, the I believe the entirety of the Apocrypha is Old Testament. It's not even New Testament parts. So if you have removed these Old Testament pieces, these were pieces that that Jews assembled as scripture. Not all, not necessarily all Jews, but I'm saying, right. you know, Jesus, for example, mm -hmm. uh, arguably, and I say arguably because we don't know exactly what he's quoting, but there's a scripture, I have to find it, where he quotes Enoch. That's not even in our Bible. Why would we not include something that Jesus himself quoted as a part of the Bible that we reference? Unless he said, you know, this heresy from the book of Enoch, and that's not what he said. He just made a, a reference. And and again, it's not 100% locked in that he quoted Enoch, so I want to clarify that. Um, but it's a very good guess because the content is pretty much spitting image. He didn't say, like it says in the book of Enoch, but we do know that Jesus had studied the scriptures. He taught in the temple and that those scriptures historically, the book of Enoch was historically used. Mm -hmm. And, and my goodness, when you read the book of Enoch, I, of course it makes sense. It's the depth story of the, what led up to the flood, the worldwide flood, which we have to understand, man, the worldwide flood was absolutely it's been in, it's in everything. It's in every major religion's storyline. So this was a massive real thing. At least it's made well, it in everybody else's content. Well, I, you know, I don't think there's any question that it, it was a real thing because you look back, I mean, it's already, it's already been shown that for instance, where we are today, yeah, right now, Used to be an ocean. Yeah. It was an ocean. And it is undeniable that it that it's an ocean. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Some people might believe that it wasn't. It's hard to find seashells at twelve hundred feet elevation. Right. Yes, exactly. And fossilized bones mm -hmm. of sea not not salt water fish. Salt, yes. Salt water, not not the fossilized bones of striped perch. bass or perch <laughs> or, you know, that you'd find in Lake Texoma. Yeah. But of sea, go ocean, saltwater creatures. Right. You know, have been found here in Oklahoma. Right. And in Kansas and Colorado. You Again, know, 1,200 feet above sea level currently. Give or, right. Give and they've been found higher than currently right. 1,200. So, yes. And it's just like... You know, and I, I, the earth, and again, this is, you know, what, what I believe, you know, the, the earth is alive. Yeah. Okay. In that it is constantly changing and going through cycles and things like that. Sometimes it goes through a warm cycle. Sometimes it goes through a cold cycle. Right. Sometimes, you know, you look back through history and you can take core samples of the soil and you can go back, 
you know, however many years you want to go back, depending upon how deep you go down there. Right. And you can tell by what's going on with the soil whether it you were in a period of hot and dry right. or a period of warm and wet or a period of cold, whatever. Because, you know, in uh, um, depending upon what sort of atmospheric conditions were going on, you're going to find a lot of dead plant material. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, well, this was warm and kind of tropical. You got all kinds of things growing. Then you might go through another section of 10 years or even 100 years. Yeah. You know, and it's and you're not finding much of anything. Right. And so you're thinking, okay, it must have been really cold then. And this, is, this is the thing, man. With all this said, like... I know, I know that I like talking about conspiracies a lot, but let's think about how we get there. I mean, we get there because things don't add up. They don't make sense. Right. They don't, right. You're right. It's I like mean, what I, when I was a kid in the Baptist church and I was sitting there going. Right. You just turn your head no, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any it, sense. I mean, I, I like to throw out like the Antarctic Treaty, for example. That doesn't make any sense. Enemies have a treaty to not claim land in Antarctica. Now tell me why we would do that. Well, it's a very arguably it would be a pretty strategic place. Sure, right? So sure. and 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 uh, Germany certainly had an interest in it back in the day when they you know in the forties, and so and maybe still do. I mean that's my whole point. You have to. As well, I've, I guess you know, it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility that even though you are, you have enemies, yeah. That it's not beyond the realm of possibility that these enemies did get together and say, you know, let's let's do a treaty where nobody can because they didn't trust each other, you know, but they didn't want but any all one of them to do something. And so, you know, it's, let's do that. Not that it's also been shown that whatever is written down and whatever <laughs> is agreed to is, is never, not worth ever the followed. paper it's written on. <laughs> exactly. And so, okay, you know, they thought, all right, let's do this. But, we'll release it to the media. Right. That we're going to do this, and it'll calm the people down. But if you look and then at, we'll go out and do whatever the hell you, we want to do. If you look at Antarctica as the undiscovered country, if you will, or, or the unexplored world, so you have this treaty, but it includes... The lack of anybody, uh, just the average citizen of any given country, to freely explore yeah, and roam that yeah, that yeah. land. That's weird. It is weird. That yes. is weird. Yes. And and so if we just do a thought experiment, okay, all things being equal, is you take all of the variables you know, which the variables are essentially the countries who've signed on to this treaty. That's the best you can go with. Another book I just finished was A Brief History of Russia, which was an interesting listen. And I'll keep, I'll listen to it over and over again. I do it while I go to sleep. Um, Cause it's, you know, the history of Russia. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. Um, but when you look at, um, you know, what you know about the different countries, you have to find a centralized motivator. Right. And so just as a thought experiment, you sit down and you go, okay, what are all the possibilities as to why this would be? I, I believe that again, having not done this, I believe we'll have a very difficult time coming up with something that doesn't sound like an absolute crackpot conspiracy theory because there's no logic. Let's just say it's for people's safety. Since when is that? A legitimate concern of worldwide governments. Not at all. Precisely. Because, I mean, governments do things that that affect people's safety all in a time. bad way all the time. Yes. So that's clearly not a... I don't think anybody would say It's a good PR thing. Well, sure, but... You know, we'll it, release this statement, uh, you know... Let I, me just tell you, it'll take a 22-year-old female to believe that. And not all 22-year-old females, but it will require a 22-year-old female. I'm very chauvinistic Apparently. and uh, ageist here. And uh, specific, yes. Well, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Naive, that's what I'm <clears> talking <throat> about. Basically, someone who's naive. And I go with a 22-year-old female because, theoretically, a 22-year-old female has been relatively sheltered if she has a father, and she's 22 years old. She's not very experienced. Therefore, she's naive. Anyway, um, I would argue that a 22-year-old male is also very naive, just not quite as naive. <laughs> As a 22-year-old female. But my point is, to believe that is 
you, you it's ridiculous. Nobody's going to in their right mind is going to actually believe that. And so now you have to start going down the rabbit hole. And then and then here's the here's what really screwed up the government. We go back to COVID and the simple fact that the government lied about PPE. They lied about it. They said these one way or the other, there was a lie. And they owned oh, that, that lie. There was more than one lie. Well, yeah, there was a plethora of lies, but one that is very public that we very much know about that was very intentional and has been admitted. Better, more importantly, it's an admitted lie that uh, Fauci said he lied. He didn't use the word lied. He said the reason that he said that masks don't do anything was he wanted to make sure there wasn't a run on PPE so that first responders would have the material they need. All right, well, that what you showed us is that the government's going to lie if it believes, at the very, this is the best case scenario, by the way, the government's going to lie if it believes it's in the best interest of the public. Again, best case scenario. So if you weigh that, if you look at that, and we're talking about what was considered to be a massive worldwide pandemic. Imagine, just imagine if that story plays out with things like another star system that's going to rotate through our through our planet and disrupt our magnetic field, disrupt our gravity as we understand it. Uh, just imagine if it's things like uh, the backside of the moon. What if, what if we found, what if, what if we found that the moon was not a natural satellite, but rather an intentional satellite? Because here's the thing, astronomical odds are at play when we talk about the moon. It is tidally locked with our planet, meaning we only see one side of it. That's freaky. That's weird. That's uncommon. Also, it is the perfect size perfect size to block out the sun during an eclipse the odds of that are astronomical now with god all things are possible so i'm gonna set that aside and say you know it may be divine but if it's not divine actually it doesn't really matter either way we have proof of intelligent design or at least a lot of evidence <laughs> because again what are the odds of that happening? They're astronomical. And so, of course, of course, the government's not going to shoot straight with us. We already know they won't because of this stupid crap Fauci did. He is the biggest hero to conspiracy theorists everywhere because he flat out revealed. Well, them. I mean, there have been Boy, that go was government rant. governments have lied to their people ever since there were governments. Right. And uh, so, I mean, that's. That's just the way it is. Right. And, you know, they're they're going to tell people what they believe yeah. the people can live with, can understand without panicking right. or, you know, whatever. It's, or they're just going to tell them, hey, this is the way it is. It's the ultimate libertarian argument. Because typically, like, let's take free market, okay? The free market argument is pro-government free market free market argument is that hey we can't trust people to do the right thing right so therefore we need the government to step in and make sure they do the right thing it presupposes the government's gonna do the right thing well here's the problem <laughs> here's the problem with that you just said that people won't do the right thing. Which I don't think is the case. So the government needs to step in. Which is made up of? People. Right. Who we've already established don't, don't do, do the, the right, right thing. thing. Exactly. Yes, and, and, right. And this is precisely, I mean, like this has been going on with economists since the, well, for, for a long time, but a lot of famous economists in the 1950s wrote about this reality that the presupposition of, again, you know, this is a, when people are arguing against the free market, the presupposition that people aren't going to do the right thing falls, like, when you talk about the government, to your point, that's exactly their argument. Well, they're made up of people. Right. So why do you presuppose the government is right. going to do the right thing? In fact, when, when, when you have people who are now in the government with much more power right. than people who are not in the government, if they're pre 
presupposed to do the wrong thing, now that they're in a position of power, right? There's nothing to. Of course, there's no do. accountability. There's no accountability. <laughs> it's like the fox watching the hen house. Exactly. And so the fox sits there and goes like. No, no, no! I got it. Right, exactly. Go on to the market. You go on to the market. Be fine. I, you know, we, we, got, we got this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the whole thing is just. But you know what? I kind of hate that the music is I uh, know. sounding because this. This, I have really we could go another hour. This. Yes, we could. <laughs> I know. So maybe we'll do that next Wednesday. Yeah. But uh, I've just scratched is... the surface of my conspiracy. Oh, you know what? And for the, you know, you mentioned the flat earthers. Yeah. If you believe in that. Yeah. And you start talking about rabbit holes. <laughs> couldn't at some point the rabbit dig his all all the way out and fall through on the other side? Absolutely. And where would the where would the bunny go? I I don't know. One of the many questions that we'll be considering over some really good scotch. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for this episode. We call it Scatter Shooting for a reason, and we were all over it today. I'm Randy (laughs) Renner. And I am Jeremy Griffin. And we'll talk to you again next time on another edition of Scatter Shooting.